0: Welcome to the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your Breakthrough Coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. Hey there, if you are new to the podcast, it's important for you to know that what we do is work on moving forward what matters most. And in this week's episode, we're going to focus on moving forward your mental health. I'm going to share my story about anxiety and depression, and I want you to know this upfront in case these topics could be triggering for you in any way at all. And if you're someone who's never had struggles with anxiety or depression, I encourage you to listen anyway. My story is just one story. It is certainly not a complete representation of everyone's experience with mental health struggles, but I do think it's good to take on other perspectives whenever you can. So do keep listening if you aren't triggered by these topics. Okay, off we go. I want to do a bit of a check-in with you this week. Are you ready? How are you? Like, really? How have you been lately? Are you fine? A couple of years ago, my wife put a shirt in my stocking that said, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. And I laughed at her knowing me so well. I felt seen, but seen in that way where you feel seen by someone who knows it all, like where all the bodies are buried, as they say. Kim has known me for a shorter period of time than most people in my life have known me, but she knows me better than anyone else in my life. And this is equal parts exciting, joyful, and terrifying (laughs) to be known like this and oftentimes funny. And over the past couple of years, I've been working on answering that how are you question more honestly, because I usually would say, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. Everything's fine, right? Thus, the t-shirt. I try to resist that urge to say I'm fine or even better. I'm good. How are you? And immediately shift the attention off of me. I got really good at doing this when my first marriage was falling apart, giving that quick answer and then pivoting right over to whoever it was that had asked me the question to begin with. And when I say I've worked on answering the how are you question more honestly, I don't share the full truth of how I am with just anyone. It's not like I am in line at the grocery store and the clerk says, how's your day going? And then I unload on them, right? They don't get my whole life story. But if I'm spending time with my people who are our closest to me and they ask me, How I'm doing, I've gotten a lot better at being honest, sharing the fun stuff, the good stuff, the celebrations, and the hard stuff. And I I have to say, sometimes sharing the good stuff can be even hard because if you know they're going through a hard time, it can be hard to share that good stuff. But I try to make sure I share all of it honestly. And when my wife asks me how I'm doing, because she's probably noticing something that's off about me, I try to take a deep breath and pause and see what I'm really feeling. Before I respond. And if I can't figure it out, I tell her, I'm not sure, you know, something's off. Let me think about that. And then I can actually think about it and get back to her. You know, other times she just catches me in an odd moment and I'm just like, oh, I was just totally thinking about blah, blah, blah. And that's real. It's not just a way to to get out of answering the question. Now, this is drastically different than Elise circa summer 2020. (laughs) Back then, Kim was my fiance, my very soon to be wife. And we had spent the last year going through a huge remodel. We bought this house and took it all the way down to the studs inside and outside. We weren't living in the house, right? So luckily we weren't living in the house at the time, but it was this huge outflow of money, lots of delays and endless details to be managed that she loved. She loved the process and was so stoked about it. And I won't go into all the first world problem woes of a big remodel. I get how privileged I am to have this experience. And let's just say it was really stressful for me. But by October of 2019, we had moved into our home and my stress level was still high because some of the remodel stuff just wasn't done. And there were people in and out of our house for weeks. I was endlessly aggravated by the delays, the issues, and constant interruptions of that remodel. And thank goodness for Kim, because had it not been for her, it never would have gotten done because she protected people from my wrath. I just wanted to fire everybody (laughs) and, and just like find new people. But I've played that part as a spouse before, that shield, that human shield. And it's not fun. I knew she was doing that for me. She was being the human shield. And I didn't want that for her. But I felt justified in my anger and in my frustration, even though it wasn't directed at her. She had to be around it all the time. And I kept telling myself, when the project is done, I'll get back to being myself again. Even just talking about it, you can probably hear the tension in my voice and the discomfort. So we move in, you know, there's all the stuff going on. It's October of 2019. We kind of get through all that. Eventually we get to have Christmas and then we roll into 2020. Fuck, you know exactly what happened in 2020, right? So, in spite of creating and producing a ton of helpful content, I watched client contracts end with no new clients in sight. It was a very scary time during the initial days of the pandemic. I mean, it's been a struggle this whole time, of course, for all of us in so many different ways, and that time was especially scary because it just felt everything felt so unknown. Well, we had also just started a huge landscaping project at the house that got put on hold due to the pandemic. And our entire yard, our property was torn up and it looked like it had just been blasted by bombs or something. So coming in and out of our home felt like being in a war zone and we were home all the time because we, well, because of the pandemic, right? Then spring brought about the unexpected and sudden death of my dad, who I was estranged from. And he died just a couple of days before my cousin passed away after her long battle with cancer. And during that time, I let myself take some time off to just rest and grieve and let myself feel all the hard feelings. And as the things just continued to pile on, my agitation was quickly triggered. My fuse was short. I would snip and snap at Kim. I kept giving myself a pass though. I'm going through a lot these days, I would tell myself. So of course I'm having a hard time. And she kept giving me a pass too. Another snip, another flash of anger, another morning, not wanting to get out of bed. And then my aunt had a life-changing medical event happen. And so my mom is amazing and she moved out of her house and in with us. So her sister and her brother-in-law can move into her house to be closer to better medical care. So now my mom was living with us and suddenly I was worse than ever and it took me a while to figure it out, but it was because I was trying to contain all of these feelings and this, these snaps and snips so I could appear to be okay in front of my mom. And that just led actually to more breaks and snips and snaps. And by then, I knew something was up. So I was talking with Kim about it all. So she knew I was having a hard time. She could see things weren't getting better. And I could see things weren't getting better. I could show up for my business and my clients, but they got the best of me. And very little was left for Kim or my mom. I mean, I had plenty of good moments with them. I wasn't constantly a raging bitch or anything, but I could tell that. My mom and Kim were walking on eggshells. Again, something I'm familiar with and I wouldn't wish on anyone. So, sometime near the end of June of 2020, I had an outburst about something that I don't even remember about, but I got really angry with my mom about something. And we kind of got into it and not like we're not yellers or anything, but it was definitely, you know, a stressful discussion, heated, I guess you could say. But at some point, she said, You bully us. And I was crushed. And she, you know, she tried to include Kim in that. She said, you bully us. And I said, you know what? Speak for yourself. You know, Kim and I can have our own conversation about this. But the bottom line was that she felt bullied and I was crushed. We patched things up from that specific issue. And I went downstairs to my office to work on some projects for the afternoon. And I just couldn't focus. I was distracted. And I finally felt all the hopelessness rising in me and I just completely broke down. Kim took me to a spot to lay down and she just held me while I cried and cried and cried until I finally literally cried myself to sleep. I was a grown woman who cried herself to sleep in the middle of a workday, I might add. And I slept really hard for a while and then I just woke up alone, knowing that something had to change. I remember telling him this, this is my rock bottom. So I reached out to people close to me who've dealt with mental health issues and asked them for their perspectives. And one of them gave me the greatest gift in sharing their story with me because, well, they all did in sharing their stories with me. But in this one particular person talked about how her symptoms of depression weren't What you typically picture, like in those television ads, or what I had seen of other people with depression, of, you know, kind of withdrawing and sleeping a lot or watching a lot of TV or anything like that. Her symptoms of depression were more agitation and irritability. And I had never heard that before. So when she told me about how depression and anxiety are often intertwined, it all came together to me. It all clicked in my brain. My chest was always tight, like I was holding my breath or something every nerve felt frayed. I felt like when's the other shoe going to drop in? How many effing shoes are there, right? I started doing some research, you know, and online with sources that I trust (laughs) and confirmed what they had been telling me about or what she had been telling me about anxiety and depression. And so I finally reached out to my therapist who I'd been seeing all this time, but was, I think kind of presenting myself as mostly fine or justifying my feelings because of pandemic and loss. And I had all these reasons for feeling how I was feeling but I told her what was going on and she agreed that it was time for me to reach out to my primary care provider. Oh yeah. Through all of this, we were planning a wedding, (laughs) a wedding that had gone from over a hundred people in our backyard down to 60 people online and 40 people in person. And then in early July, the week of our wedding, we moved the entire wedding to a virtual attendance, except for my parents or our parents and my sister's family. And, you know, I guess we got to be, you know, have the honor of being one of the first pandemic zoom weddings but basically, all of this was happening right before I'm supposed to be marrying just the woman, the person I've ever loved the most in my whole entire life. So my appointment to talk to my PCP, my primary care provider, was the day before our wedding. And by the end of that day of, that I talked to my primary care provider, I had a bottle of Lexapro waiting for me at the pharmacy across the street. I mean, I'm not even walking distance from my house. There was a bottle of Lexapro sitting there for me. And Lexapro is an SSRI commonly used to treat depression. And it's especially recommended for depression where you have the anxiety component coming in as well. I didn't take my first pill until the Monday after the wedding, because I really didn't want to have anything affect my feelings on our wedding day, no matter what. And I have to say our wedding day was one of the most joyful days I've ever experienced. Like seriously ever. I am still so grateful that Kim knew me so well that she also knew that my behavior was not about us. It was about me. I was in pain. I was struggling and and she never questioned my love for her. And she gave me time to figure it out. And (laughs) she still married me in the midst of all of that. Thank freaking God. All right, so just a couple weeks into taking my medication, which I started taking 2 days after our wedding, I could feel the tightness in my chest loosening. There were initial side effects from the drug that I eventually worked through, but a couple of months of side effects were worth it to get where I am almost 2 years later. I feel lighter, I feel more calm and relaxed. The joyful moments are even brighter and longer lasting. I started feeling creative again, and I am a way better wife and daughter. I mean, my mom doesn't live with us anymore, but she has lived with us actually, again, a couple times since then, again, due to family stuff, she's lived with us to give up her house to somebody else. And the experience I think for her was so much better than it was before. It was for me too. Um, but for for her, I've talked with her about it and said, I'm better, right? And she luckily agreed. So I could have taken a completely different path in all of this. I could have tried to numb all of this anxiety and raw nerves and depression with work and alcohol, maybe illicit drugs, shopping, gaming, eating, whatever. Well, I definitely tried some eating, (laughs) I'm sure of it, but instead I turned toward what was wrong rather than continuing to try to stuff it down, which is typically how I handle things. I brought others in to help me look at it from as many angles as I could. I enlisted the help of professionals and I tried something new. I'm not sharing all of this with you to say that everyone should get on some sort of medication. That is, of course, a personal choice and definitely a discussion to be had with your mental health and healthcare professionals. I'm sharing this with you to say it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have hard moments, hard days, hard weeks, and even a hard month. But if you keep telling yourself, I'll feel better when dot, 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 and those whens happen and you're still not feeling better... And at the same time, you're kind of telling everybody else outside of your you that you're fine. I encourage you to try something different. Try letting trusted people in. Try talking to your therapist or counselor. And if you don't have one, find one. And the best way to do that is just to ask your friends and family for recommendations. And then of course, research them and interview them. But that's the best way I have found. And most people have found to find a therapist or counselor and talk to your doctor, get an appointment with your primary care provider, but let people in. And know that everyone's rock bottom can look different. Mine was being called a bully by my mom, and I will never forget it. That was enough for me. That was it. It was time to get help. Your rock bottom could be hearing yourself and my story, whatever that might be. So if you heard yourself in this story in any way, turn toward what you are trying to avoid and let people in. And if you're feeling helpless and you're not sure who to let in, there are people ready to help you. Do not hesitate to contact the suicide prevention hotlines like preventionlifeline.org, excuse me, suicidepreventionlifeline.org, or call 1-800-273-8255. And actually starting July 16th of this year, 2022, you can simply dial 988 on your phone and you'll reach that hotline. And I'll of course provide this information in the show notes. And if you heard someone else in my story, please share this episode with them so that they know they're not alone. You know, all of this brings me to a very important question of the week. Who can you let in when you are feeling down? Who can you let in when you are feeling down? Think about that. Think about them, excuse me, this week. And even if you don't need them now, reach out and let them know how special they are to you. I bet you can think of at least one person that I'm thinking of for me. In fact, in just one week from the release of this episode, Cam and I will be celebrating two years of marriage. An episode like this might seem like a weird way to celebrate, but I cannot imagine where I'd be without her in my life. And you can't imagine how much I love having her as my wife. So cheers to us and cheers to you too. Okay. That's all for this week. I'll be back again with you next week. Until then, keep moving forward. What matters most. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today or uncover free resources over at eliseenriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.